White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello and welcome to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23 on Twitter, if you are following me there. Chris Tannehill is with me, Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill on Twitter, and the show is at Locked On Sox. If you want to participate, email us at LockedOnSox at gmail.com. And without further ado... Here, it's Chris Tannehill. Oh, good evening, Herb. It is episode 159 tonight, and in this episode, we're going to talk about uh, an old friend that's on the move, and also there's a bunch of guys on the move in baseball with some big-time signings today, and uh, the pieces are starting to fall into place here across baseball, and we'll talk about how that affects the White Sox here in, in a second, so... Uh, welcome on in to Lockdown White Sox. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us for future mailbag episodes, I know a lot of you have, are already weighing in early for next week. Uh, how can they do that, Herb? Send it to LockedOnSox at gmail.com. LockedOnSocks at gmail.com is the way you reach us for any of these episodes where you open up the mailbag. Um, just real quick here before we get to the news of the day, um, I'm just waiting. Uh, are White Sox fans happy? Uh, there's some, supposed to be some good news that's going to come down. Hector Gomez reported that last time we, we, we got together on the pod. Uh, I, did I miss something here? Uh, good news? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> the fact that Michael Brantley went back to Houston? Is that making White Sox fans happy? Yeah, yeah I don't know. Well, I don't think White Sox fans are ever happy. Uh, you know, in all fairness to Hector Gomez, uh, he did not say that the White Sox fans uh, would be happy. He just said there would be good news for White Sox fans. So he knows that White Sox fans could, by nature, uh, never be happy. So uh, let's get to the news I Items of the day here before we open up this bag. A um, bunch of guys on the move. Most notably, George Springer has a new home. It's north of the border. He signs with the Blue Jays six years for $150 million. Yeah, yes, he is. Um, so this is a guy that we talked about and we identified very early on in the free agency process when we started looking at the gaping hole that was going to be right field in 2021. And George Springer was a guy who we initially circled, you know, a guy with World Series pedigree, a, a, you know, great natural fit, uh, you know, center fielder, of course. And now you have Luis Roberts. So, we, you know, we talked about how we don't know how that was going to work itself out, but uh, it's all for naught as – now, George Springer is going to be a Toronto Blue Jay. So your thoughts and how this relates to the White Sox, Herb, before we get to the mailbag, uh, when you heard the news of George Springer uh, not going uh, to the White Sox and not going to the Mets, actually. I think that was the biggest shocker is that the Mets didn't land him. What would you think? I was very surprised that the Blue Jays of all teams, you know, uh, with teams crying poor and didn't get the revenue from a home gate that they usually do. Blue Jays are a small market team, you know, in MLB circles, and they were homeless last year as they played most of their games uh, in Buffalo for their home games. They were so, homeless. <laughs> they're homeless. <laughs> 
just in there singing for money. All right. Um, we went too far. But yeah, the Blue Jays are out here, out here. There was a rumor that they signed Michael Brantley and that turned out to be false in that regard because something went wrong. I don't know. Uh, Hazel May, a really reputable person who was one reporting that, but they were looking to spend money and they've already made some great moves this off season. And I was surprised that George Springer got that type of deal. He's 31 years old. And so this deal will carry him to when he's 37, 25 million average uh, annual value. So um, I didn't think the market was there. Like you said, the Mets were probably in the market. I don't know if the Astros were, but as the White Sox were in that conversation, really ever, and so for him to get a nice, sizable deal at his after his peak and after his prime, it's good for him. I would have loved him on the White Sox, but I don't know if year five I like him at 25 per and the speed element's gone and other things are gone from him. And now he's just bad and maybe not a glove anymore. So it's good for them. It seems like they're competing. That lineup is deadly. Now they need to do something with that pitching staff. Yeah, and you know we we had a, a lengthy discussion about this today on the Danny Parkin show with Matt Spiegel sitting in. We talked about this, myself included, about these one hundred million dollar contracts for guys over the age of, of thirty one. And uh, check out this list, okay, of guys that signed contracts for a uh, hundred million or over after their age thirty one season. George Springer. Do you want me to check off uh, if yay or nay if the deal's good? Uh, yeah, you can do that. Uh, George Springer. Obviously, we don't know, but if you had to predict, uh, are the Blue Jays going to regret this this uh, this deal? Uh, I think he's going to be a pretty good Blue Jay, but still regret it after like year five and six. So. On average, yeah, you take four good years of him, so I think they won't regret it. Yeah. Um, plus, also, you know, it's you know six years from now or whatever. Like, you know, the revenues are going to be still through the roof. So I don't think anyone really would ever regret money because they're still going to be making money hand over fist in baseball. So, uh, all right, next one, Yoannis uh, Cespedes with the Mets. That's a failure. Uh, Robinson Cano with the Mariners. Oh, huge failure. Hmm. Okay. Still productive, but now what we know about Robinson yeah. Cano, don't you know? <laughs> Maybe I mean, those... <laughs> they eventually traded him before that deal even came close to ending. Yeah. Um, you know, that's kind of like an indictment of the organization, maybe, as opposed to Cano himself. That was kind of a, an outlier there, but that, that may be the only one that was that comes close to maybe be worth it. Uh, Sinshu Chu with the Rangers. Oh, man, I love that guy. I love the player. but He no, wants to come man. back. He wants to play again. No, failure. Yeah. Uh, Josh Hamilton Ugh. with the Angels. Do you know Josh Hamilton? Josh <laughs> his father. All right. So that's way too inside. Uh, tell, me, um, tell me something good failure. in your life. Yeah, tell me something good in your life and tell me if you think that was a pass or fail for the Angels at the time. Fail. <laughs> All right. Uh, Albert Pujols also with the Angels. Uh, Jesus. Huge failure. <laughs> he's sort of. I mean, he's a good player, but he didn't live. Like, they signed him and everybody was like, He's going to be old and bad quickly. Yeah, and he's sort of the avatar for bad contracts, really, in, in today's modern game. Uh, Jason Worth with the Nasty Nats. This one is a tough one. He, him, the player himself, no. He didn't do the things that they signed him from the Phillies for. But I think, 
as somebody I think wrote an article, he provided a culture there that permeated until they won a national, uh, to won the World Series, and still there. So yeah, I think if you're gonna ask a Nationals fan, yeah, that's that's a one. That's a that's a success. Okay, and finally, uh, a Rod with the Yankees. They won a World Series. I don't know on the first. They won with yeah. He signed the Texas one first, and then yeah, A Rod after thirty one. Yeah, yeah. They won a World Series with him. Yes. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you on that one. Even though like the the last few years of A Rod were were marred by scandal and steroids and all that, but they did win a World Series at the end of the day. And I think Yankees fans would look back at the A Rod years in in retrospect. They look back at it pretty fondly. I would say as you know, he had a a tough start. To begin his Yankees career, and then really endeared himself, I think, to, to Yankee fans, at least ones that that we know. You never heard hear the the A Rod narrative really went away, and he he started to produce in the postseason because he got more opportunities to do so. So yeah, I, I think you're right on that. So, but as you see, generally speaking, those deals for guys that are at age 31 and up, and signing them for 100 million dollars and up, those deals typically don't work out. And you know, it's it, would George Springer be a good fit on the White Sox? Yeah, sure. If you wanted to slide over to right field and that wasn't a problem yeah it's great but I think we had most of these discussions before the season began when we talked about George Springer you know a lot of this was in spring training I remember we talked about it we talked about Mookie Betts before he got his extension we talked about this Mookie Betts even before he got traded and then ultimately got extended and then George Springer and we we circled those two guys and ultimately we didn't talk about it as much in the 2020 season because the offense was was pretty efficient and it didn't seem like that was uh, a big a need as we thought it would be although it was still you know uh, their need number two going into the offseason but it wasn't like oh my god we have to fix this right now because now we know the offense was gonna by and large be productive so you don't necessarily need to throw your your money at George Springer uh, amidst the pandemic so I don't really begrudge the White Sox for not being in the mix but I do understand a lot of Sox fans frustration as to why you're they're never even, you know, in, in, in rumored to be a part of any of these top tier free agents. So it's frustrating. Uh, Trevor Bauer's still on the market. You know, they can still make good on that and and, and, and make a splash. But uh, uh, yeah, so that that's that for George Springer. Uh, a couple other names here uh, on the move. Michael Brantley, as you mentioned, this was a surprise to me. Uh, going back to Houston, two years for thirty two million dollars. Um, mm-hmm. He would have been a good fit at DH. Yeah, I don't know if he would have played well in right field, but that would have been an outstanding move for the Sox at DH. A uh, left-handed stick, veteran presence, you know, good guy for the clubhouse. At all, but above all, uh, a guy that doesn't, you know, necessarily. Uh, He's not an identical profile to some of the other guys you have now. He's not an all-for-nothing type of hitter. He's a good contact guy, and I think would have provided good balance for the White Sox lineup in 2021, being that left-handed bat uh, and his approach. I think that would have been a good fit for the White Sox, but alas, he's going back to Houston. Why? I don't know. Why? If maybe it's a money thing, but you know, Houston's still going to be pretty good, obviously. But yeah, that was uh, an interesting decision there by Michael Brantley. Yeah, I, I'm trying to look at Houston and say, okay, they're still kind of good i mean you lose a pretty good piece in george springer and i they believe in that tucker kid the Kyle tucker kid um and all the youngsters they have coming up but i mean i i guess you know uh i don't know who says that i think was it uh, danny says it don't run away from happiness or don't run away from uh family or whatever it is <laughs> and michael brantley seems like a guy that is comfortable in his skin 
He has a father for a major league baseball player. Maybe he counseled him on that and said, hey, man, you found a place that's treating you right and they're going to pay you market value for your services when you're 33, 34, 35. What more do you want? You love the city of uh, Houston and you love Texas. So why leave? Why leave a difference to a different city and a different country, you know, where you got to start over and the fans got to love you again. So, you know, I don't get going back to Houston because I don't see them as a competitor, but also don't run away from happiness. Absolutely. Uh, I agree. We will never know what the type of things that are discussed behind the scenes and, you know, players, other motivations. But, you know, I, you know, this wasn't a move that was like, that's a head scratcher. You know, he's going back to a pretty good team that, that showed that they wanted him. And I think by committing to Michael Brantley, they're telling their team and their organization and their fan base, like, Hey, we know that this guy works here and he fits here and he produced for us. And we're going to try to maintain that level. And we're not going to try to go on the cheap and find a, a replacement for him. Like we're going to try to still compete and, and keep our core together and uh they yeah, i think that's as, it's as simple as that again would have been a great fit for the white Sox, but uh you know well the they, they still have plenty of opportunities to rectify this dh spot here so we'll get to more of the notable free agent signings uh, of the day after a quick word from our friends at betonline.ag you guys ready for some football my favorite sports day of the year next to opening day is this sunday i'm talking of course about championship sunday and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use our promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. All right, Herb, we're both on the same page here. Big day on Sunday. I know it's one of your favorite days on the calendar, uh, you know, the sports year. What are we looking at here this weekend? What kind of plays are we looking at for the National Football League? Well, I mean, I usually look at that Kansas City minus three line and be all over it. I mean, last week I gave you Kansas City and the the Browns were a 10-point line. It got down to seven and a half, and I had to get it from betonline.ag. But with the uncertainty of Patrick Mahomes, if he's going to play, I think he is. He practiced today. He practiced today, so I'm inclined to pound that (laughs) right now. Yeah, if if you can get it right now, which betonline.ag has it at negative three points, so they're laying three points at home, Kansas City, and if they have a healthy um, Mahomes, I'm all over that. But I'm going to go the other way. It's going to be cold and snowy up in Green Bay, and the line is three also at betonline.ag. When have you ever seen a team go up there and beat Aaron Rodgers? Only one time, I think, is the Michael Vick uh, game. He went up there in the playoffs and do the thing. But that might have not been Aaron Rodgers. That might have been uh, Brett Favre. I like the cold weather Packers and the best player in the game today, which is Aaron Rodgers, to cover those three points. You, Tanny? Yeah, you know, I, I I can't touch anything in that that Tampa Bay Green Bay game. I'm I'm really excited to watch it. You know, two you could argue the two greatest quarterbacks of all time uh, going up against each other there in that one. Uh, the over under for that one is 51. That may be something worth considering. Uh, just playing the over in that one if you want to do something like that. But I think I'm going to go the, uh, in addition to pounding that KC minus three. Uh, the over-under in that one is 54. You know, I'm inclined to go over on that one as well uh, with the aerial salt of those two teams. That's going to be a fun one to watch, man. I'm really looking forward to this weekend. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore, friends. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook 
experts. And this episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by rockauto.com. You know, friends, there's so many different makes and models of auto parts these days. It's really become impossible for you to find every single part that your car is going to ever need in a big box auto parts chain store. So why put yourself through the process of going through one of those chain stores and then asking the person behind the counter if they have the parts in their warehouse because that's all they have is the stuff that's in their warehouse? Why would you do that when you can find the exact parts that your car is going to need at rockauto.com? It's not enough that rockauto.com is about selection. No, no, no. But it's also about the pricing. I bet what you didn't know about those chain stores is they charge different prices for professionals and do-it-yourselfers like you and I. But rockauto.com, you're going to get the same prices, and they're always going to be reliably low no matter who you are. And it could not be easier to order from them. You just go to rockauto.com, type in the parts that you're searching for, Order it up and wait for it to arrive at your doorstep. It's so easy. No signing up for an email and you're forgetting your password. No, no, no. None of that. RockAuto.com is a family business and they've been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. So go to RockAuto.com now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. This is the time to make sure your car has everything that it's going to need to get through the winter. So head to RockAuto.com, see all the prices available for your car or truck. Just write locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And now, back to the show. Finally, another notable guy here that's on the move, a guy that many of you uh, listeners have reached out to us over the course of the last year and asked, what about a reunion? Uh, That's Jose Quintana uh, going to the Angels and going to be teamed up with Joe Madden once again. Uh, One-year deal for $8 bucks. Um, Is this something that maybe you would have liked the White Sox to explore a little bit? I love Q. Um, but no, I didn't want that veteran familiar signing. That's old White Sox. You bring back guys who feel good. You know, it's like a nice warm blanket. You, oh yeah, I remember that feeling. <laughs> no, I don't think Q could help the White Sox and where they're going. He, I mean, he's not Gio Gonzalez but he's maybe a step or two above that, I'm believing. I mean, Fangraph still loves him, saying that he is probably still an underrated pitcher, but no, I don't think that's an upgrade over the guys we have already currently on the starting rotation. I mean, I'm not sitting out Michael Kopech or uh, Dylan Cease for Jose Quintana. I'm sitting them out for a bigger guy, a bigger name that's – actually better than that i know 100 percent better than uh than those guys so yeah i would love for jose to have a like a you know when you retire as he retires as a white Sox, if he wants to do that ceremonially but the player is not what we need moving forward yeah you know jose Quintana missed most of the season with that that laceration on his hand and that sort of was uh, the end of that. He, he appeared in four games for the Cubs in 2020. I would not be surprised to have a bounce back year from Quintana. You know, he's still, you know, he's still really just an average pitcher at this point. But maybe he could bounce back a little bit uh, under Joe Madden in a, in a new environment, possibly. But yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. Like, if you don't think you can get a better production than than nothing or average 0.0 production war uh, from from Michael Kopech, then we got problems. So I don't besmirch the White Sox that. I, I do find it ironic, though, is that, uh, you know, just 
you know, thinking out loud here, going into the offseason, her before the Adam Eaton signing, would you say that the White Sox had a bigger hole at starting pitcher or in right field? Because it's kind of funny because Adam Eaton signed for the same number of dollars as Jose Quintana did, and yet here they are. They decided to go back to that 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 warm, comfortable blanket that was Adam Eaton. So basically, I'm asking: Would you rather have Jose Quintana one year eight million or Adam Eaton one year eight million? God, that's such a Sophie's choice. That's <laughs> terrible. Um, I guess I would rather have uh, Adam Eaton because he's an everyday player, and I believe you know he can contribute a little bit more to the everyday lineup than Jose Quintana, of course, because he'll pitch every fifth. So yeah, I would rather have Adam Eaton. Um, they made the right choice in that regard. If there was uh, either or there, but yeah, it's neither of them is my druthers if i had to choose before the offseason thankfully we don't have to make that choice so that's up to rick hahn and his teflon suit uh and another interesting thing that we haven't really broached uh this happened about a week ago i believe uh there was a trade that the the padres got even richer uh they're dealing already from uh a position where they have one of the best starting rotations in baseball, and now it gets better. And I have to—I had to do a search uh, in our in our Google Docs here to see who brought this up. But it was Locked On White Sox listener Jr. in Kentucky who proposed this uh, a few months back. Uh, a trade the White Sox get Joe Musgrove, notably two years of contract control, and the Padres or the Pirates get Dylan Cease and Jared Kelly. He asked us what we thought about that. I believe we both. Uh, at that point, we said, you know, I'd rather just have you pay Trevor Bauer, and I think that we still are holding fast to that. But mm-hmm. the Padres make a move, and they actually went out and acquired Joe Musgrove, and it seems to be this is going to be a really nice fit for him because he's a native of Southern California, and now he's in a rotation where, you know, it, it's a pretty strong rotation. He doesn't have to be the number one of this staff. He can just kind of do his thing in a comfortable environment. But the, the Padres – Gave up their prospects, uh, number seven prospect, Hudson Head, an outfielder, uh, one of my favorite Bruce Willis movies. Um, a number Is that se- the one with uh, arm wrestling? <laughs> I don't even know. Hudson Hawk, I have no idea what the act. I've never actually seen it, uh, but that's what I think about. Uh, they gave up left-handed pitcher, their number 17 prospect, Omar Cruz, and a catching prospect, number 14 overall, uh, from the Mets, uh, Andy Rodriguez. So... Well, from the Mets system, I should say. So now the Padres have one of the best rotations in baseball, and they they're taking a shot on Joe Musgrove. Uh, and after seeing that deal, you know a lot of people said that they gave up a pretty good price to get old Joe Musgrove. So when you look at it now, compared to the deal that we were talking about, Cease and Jared Kelly, I don't know necessarily that that would have gotten it done for the Pirates. What do you think? I think the fact that. Dylan Cease has major league experience and he is a high, highly regarded uh, prospect himself at a time. I think that would have been solid. And then Jared Kelly, a high schooler who was drafted by the White Sox. I think that might've got it done. Danny. Um, I don't know. I think at the time I was like, I would just rather keep Cease and see where he can go. Uh, Cause I wasn't too high on Joe Musgrove. I don't know if I looked at the numbers at the time. I've we did. Yeah. Taping, you know. we, yeah, we did. We took a, we, we didn't just blow this question off. We took a, uh, a relatively hard look at Joe Musgrove, but now that the pirates identified or the Padres identified him, I was like, ah, maybe we should have given it a harder look. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, he doesn't, I think he makes the white Sox better if he's on the staff uh, rather than Dylan Cease. I would 
quibble with giving up Dylan Seeds for a guy that I don't think is proven 100%, 100%. Like, I thought his numbers were pretty solid, but uh, I don't know. The Padres give up a pretty penny. That damn Padres uh, starting rotation, as you said, <laughs> is ridiculous. Like, he's the fifth starter, if you look at that. And when, he, and when Clevenger comes back next year, he's not pitching, probably. Yeah. Like, if they're off the team, I don't know. Like, it's it's Danelson Lamette, Snell, Darvish, and no, maybe not Joe Musgrove's off. Maybe it's their number one starter last year. Chris Paddock is gone. Like, amazing, amazing things that uh, A.J. Preller is doing out there. Going for it all. Uh, but, yeah, I still would quibble with – see, this is the weird thing. Like, I'm talking up Joe Musgrove being <laughs> on a great staff, and then also it's like, well, I'd rather keep my guy. Yeah, it's a lot to give up. It's a lot to give up, and it would hurt. Like I wanted to hurt a trade to hurt, but uh, I still would. I still would just stay with Dylan Cease and Jared Kelly, unless there's something I think slam dunk. I would have traded Dylan Cease for Blake Snell. Okay, well, context is everything, right? Because when we first started talking about Joe Musgrove, it was before the Lance Lynn signing. So I think, you know, there's there's less of an impetus at, and trading for a guy like that after you've acquired Lance Lynn. I think we feel pretty good about the White Sox rotation as it sits right now. We're hoping, beyond hope, you, you know, uh, for Trevor Bauer, but I think the Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech thing, I think we feel pretty good about that being your four and five, especially with Ethan Katz coming over and hopefully uh, gonna you know f- f- click on uh, the light bulb there for for old Dylan. So yeah, man, that you know plus also it looked like here you know with the two position players out of the three guys that were dealt, looks like maybe the Pirates were looking for more of that as they should because we know the Pirates can can draft and develop pitching, but they just don't pay the pitching once they've drafted and developed. So they they need position player help. So maybe that was uh, would have been a, a sticking point for the White Sox not to make this deal. For, I just don't know what the Pirates are doing. Like yeah. They, Ever, yeah. Josh Bell earlier in the offseason like that was such a sneaky move and like he's not even close to being making money does he like I mean that's probably one of your best things are you gonna trade key Brian Hay- Hayes next year you know after in his rookie year like, like keep some people the reason why you guys keep on sucking is because you're trying to develop people on the fly and then flip them for pennies on the dollar it's like ugh yeah, like that like we. I just love that ballpark so much, and I get pissed every time I see an empty PNC, and I know the reason why is because the team and the owners suck. Yeah, Josh Bell not very good last year. Um, you know, regressed a little bit. But going to the Nationals, all of a sudden now the Nationals got a little bit of a squad going over there. They've got a good mix of some young guys who have already been a part of a World Series winner, and they've got some veterans, you know, guys who have who have been a, been a part of a you know World Series mix. John Lester and Kyle Schwarber, uh, local guys of note, and then you add Josh Bell, uh, a, a guy who's been around for a couple of years now, and maybe he's hungry and he's, he's ready to win. So they've got an interesting mix over there in D.C. They're going to be a fun team to watch, and I just I love Mike Rizzo going for it, spending money uh, when when you know seemingly no one else around him is. But yeah, man, I just I don't know what they're doing, and you know I I hope. They figure it out sooner than later in, in Pittsburgh because that's one of those teams. Like it just seems like baseball is more fun when the Pirates are are in the mix. And I know they got some bad luck. They found themselves into some play in games 
uh, against eventual World Series champions and the Giants and the Cubs. They've had some bad luck with some good teams, but it, you know it's really frustrating to see uh, what they're doing. So hopefully they can put it all together, man. Especially that with the, lefty with, thunder, man. Yeah, Even Washington, Josh Bell, and Schwarber just pretty much off the scrap heap. Like guys who the year before, if they would have been traded in 2019, people like what the hell? And then people are taking 2020 as as sacrilegious. This is the thing. And then I heard Danny or Spiegel yesterday talk to Shane after Shane said Schwarber's going to hit 40 home runs, acting like he didn't hit 38 the year before. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Like, and Josh Bell hit 37 in 2019. So like. Trading these guys for pennies on the dollar, lefty pop, guys who are OPS in nine thirty six in a full season. Come the hell on, he's twenty eight too. Man, they're going to be stacked out there in Washington. Yeah, so we'll see how the rest of the offseason plays out here. The White Sox, you know, I don't know if they're going to have one more move left in them. We'll see. Uh, you know, this seems like a, a good point where people are wanting to grade uh, the, the offseason for the White Sox here. Um, I know our guys at Sox Machine, they're doing a podcast tonight, and I saw Josh Nelson had that Twitter poll uh, about how do you feel about the White Sox offseason. So, I'll, you know, I'll steal their content. And, uh, you know, we did it on the radio show today, so why not ask you now? So as it sits right now, January 20th, uh, how do you feel about the White Sox offseason so far? Um, you know, do you, are you good? Are you, if, you know, if Rick Hahn's team's on the floor, are you good with that? Uh, or if he stopped today, it, let's just, you know, assuming that he's going to fill the, you know what? No, let's not assume that. Let's not assume that they're going to complete the roster. Let's just assume that literally the team is on the floor. Zach Collins is going to be your backup catcher. They're not going to sign Trevor Bauer. You know, they've signed Liam Hendricks. And, you know, they would, they've made some other interesting moves in the offseason, uh, the Lance Lynn trade. How do you feel about their offseason if it ended today? I feel probably net negative about their offseason if it ended today. Wow. Because the moves are, as I said a couple episodes ago, the moves are contingent on the other moves. Liam Hendricks is a star. He's a great pickup but a luxury item in that regard. It speaks of him being on the team with a guy like Lance Lynn, which is a good pickup, but it's a one-year deal. Tony Russa, part of the offseason too, is a one-, two-, or three-year deal. So the moves this year have to all be coinciding at a meeting, one-, two-year deal. And so that's not – all together they need one more guy and a huge name if it's bauer if it's ozuna one of those two guys makes it an off season where you're saying okay white Sox, i see you or possible trades we might get to another pitcher a pitcher on the staff that you're like okay white Sox, you're cooking with gas or ozuna who can play dh or left field for you then you say, okay, this offense is just unstoppable. It doesn't matter what their fifth or fifth, fifth, fourth or fifth starter is because in the playoffs they only use the first three and no one's going to stop that offense type of thing. That means you're competing. Right now the White Sox, yeah, they're probably better than the Minnesota Twins, addition by subtraction for Minnesota, and also the White Sox, great additions this year in the, uh, in the offseason. They're better than them. But being better than the Minnesota Twins is not what 
White Sox fans are for. We don't want to have five division championships at the end of this. We want to have at least one World Series. And to do that, you need to go and get one of these top-tier pieces. And so for me, if it's a line at zero means just neutral, I'm probably at negative one right now. And I could get over to like positive 17 if they get one of those other guys. So it's just (laughs) below it, pretty much neutral, but I would say net negative. You? Um, I I would go net positive, you know, when you're just thinking about the players that they've added, you know, Lance Lynn and they've, they've, you know, I don't know if Adam Eaton's going to work out and write. You know, I like the idea of Adam Eaton having a bounce back year and, and providing, like I said, one of my big things for a lineup is balance. Um, you know, a left-handed bat, depending on where they hit him, you know, where Tony decides to hit him. And, you know, Liam Hendricks, obviously a great signing. And, you know, it would be really nice if Liam Hendricks just put on the full court press recruitment of Trevor Bauer, you know. <laughs> that, that, would, that would be nice. Uh, you know, all of a sudden Trevor Bauer now – you, you read reports about the Dodgers, you know, it's like, you know, Trevor Bauer is like, you know, the, the most desired person waiting around at the bar at the end of the night where it could be a guy or a girl. And all of a sudden, you know, you're just kind of waiting around to see what develops. And then here comes the, the rich, good looking person <laughs> in the, in the Dodgers. Now they're in the mix. Like, you know what? Yeah, we're going to, we're, we're going to, we're going to try to, you know, yeah, I think we're in the Trevor Bauer sweepstakes now too, because we're the Dodgers and we can offer a, a d- desired location in Southern California. And we could offer you a chance to compete for a World Series pretty much every year that you're here, and that's up to you, however long you want to be here. It could be short-term, could be long-term. So that's never good whenever the Dodgers late in the game decided they want to throw their hat in the ring for the Trevor Bauer sweepstakes. But back to the White Sox and how it relates, uh, you know, I would say a positive when you look at just the players added, but it's still not complete yet. I would like to see them finish out the roster and decide what they're going to do with that catcher spot. But then you remember the Tony La Russa thing. That's part of the offseason, too, which still doesn't sit entirely well with me. So I'd have to, you know, if gone to my head, I'd, I'd say a net positive because they're certainly saying all the right things right now. And they got some time here to finish it off, but I'm skeptical and I don't think they'll sign Trevor Bauer. So again, uh, we'll, we'll reevaluate. Once the offseason is officially over, and this could be one of those offseasons where you see guys, you know, trickle into spring training, and all of a sudden you, you see these free agents come off the market super late. You know, especially I don't know what the the urgency for most teams to sign a backup catcher. I know a couple of the top tier options are off the market now. All the Kurtz that you want in your life, Kurt Suzuki, Kurt Kazali, they're gone. So other teams are thinking about that stuff, just not the White Sox. Apparently, they're going to ride with Zach Collins. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what this team looks like. Uh, and just over a month from now, if, if, if indeed they do break for spring training here. And uh, you know what? It looks like we're not going to have time for the mailbag, but we do have one thing. You mentioned the Twins earlier, and they did make a signing today that affects the White Sox. Uh, we can tie it all in together here. Uh, the Twins have signed left-handed pitcher, formerly of the New York Yankees, J.A. Happ. Uh, to a contract, and uh, most notably left-handed. We know what the White Sox did against left-handed pitching in 2020, and how ironic is this? Uh, upon seeing the tweet from Ken Rosenthal, the tweet that J.A. J. Happ was signed by the Twins was liked by none other than Tim Anderson. <laughs> um, and we had, uh, of course, uh, uh, from Southside Sox uh, and co-host of the Northside Sox pod, uh, Scuriosa, <laughs> uh, tweeted this uh, Janice said uh, she had the slash line for Tim Anderson versus J.A. Happ 2017 to 2019 563 563 1063. That's nine hits and 16 plate appearances so now you see why Tim Anderson liked that uh, move by the Twins today. 
Oh yeah, like I don't know, like there is a tweet, and everybody writes uh, the the guys or girls who tweet something that's you know kind of off, and it's usually read the room, and the twins need to read the division. Like, yeah, don't bring a lefty into, a, especially like a, a lefty like Jay Happ into the division because you're gonna play the White Sox who went fourteen and zero against lefties last year. So not the smartest thing in the world. They murdered the lefties. We talked about it on this pod more than anybody else in the majors. Like they had a propensity to just murder lefties. And those twins like, yeah, F all this extra stuff. Jake Odorizzi, that right-hander? No, we're good. Give us a lefty to face the White Sox, our main our main opponent. Yeah, good job, guy. <laughs> I wonder if they're not trying to beat the White Sox. I wonder if they're just trying to beat the Indians and you know try to hope that they add that other playoff spot. Yeah, I don't want to undermine the Twins because they they do a good job, but this is uh, certainly not a move that I would be you know that, that I could not wait to make if I were the Twins GM. Kind of a head scratcher, but again, you know there are other teams in baseball aside from the White Sox. Maybe they know they'll take their pounding against the Sox against lefties and hope to do damage uh, the, the other times they play them. But yeah, kind of a head scratcher there. But yeah, man, uh, we'll get to the mailbag, I guess, on Friday. We'll do a fun Friday. That's what uh, my kid's school calls fun, uh, Friday. Fun. We'll do a fun mailbag Friday and uh, finish out the week uh, strong with uh, some of your questions here. But uh, that's all I got tonight, Herbie. All right. Chris Tannehill is found on Twitter at Chris Tannehill. Me, Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23, and the show is Locked On Socks on Twitter, Instagram, and our YouTube page. Go and subscribe right now. Do pause this right now and subscribe to our YouTube page, Locked on Socks, and hit that notification bell so you know exactly when we drop a new video. And I got a new microphone and like a backdrop that I'm going to hook up. It's my bedroom right now. So I'm going to post up my uh, White Sox uh, Don't Stop Believing poster and something <laughs> else in the back so I can look a little bit more representative. I think Tanny's a great ass background. I feel naked i got a lamp a couple lamps in the background i'm a little i'm a little extra i'll admit i'm a little extra with this background out here so you know that's that's totally on me but i'm i'm a bored dad who had two weeks off around christmas and i had all i i collect things uh, a bit of a pack rat with white Sox memorabilia so i had to do something with it oh hawk harrelson i see back, your hawk he's oh, good oh hawk harrelson back here he took a little bit of a tumble last week, friends. Uh, this was a SoxFest exclusive bobblehead uh, f- uh, from 2018, I believe, and he straight up tumbled forward. He fell out of his base uh, and fell onto the floor, and he was shattered into many pieces. So Hawk underwent reconstructive surgery, uh, but after uh, some super glue, some gorilla glue, and uh, <laughs> some uh, some vodka and Walker, Texas Ranger, he is back to 100%, or at least as close as uh, old Hawk can be there so yeah that's uh you know it, it, it may not be worth the the struggles of like maintaining all this stuff back here with a six-year-old in the house and just you know uh with things falling now and then so yeah but yeah you, you'll get there we'll get there i could uh so are you saying that hawk is a big culture club <laughs> fan you tumble for you yeah yeah i see what you did there um yeah, we're, we're I know you're singing it out there. Yeah, we're really catering to the to the young podcast demo with, with my <laughs> with my uh, she's homeless reference and your culture club reference. There, we're really we're really uh, striking a chord here, so to speak, with our younger listeners. But uh, yeah, man, uh, we'll we'll talk to you guys on Friday. Hopefully, there'll be some more news. But if not, we'll have plenty of good emails with plenty of good topics uh, still to get to. So uh, that's all I got. All right, Chris Tannehill. My name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for listening to this 
episode of Locked On Socks.